is the Oscar curse real? And we got some more predictions for you for the Oscars. Stay tuned. Carla Renata, the curvy film critic, black, black. <laughs> it's obvious I'm black. I am back with Black Tomatoes with my co-host Scott Menzel. But before we get to our intros, I want to thank you guys. Scott and I want to thank you from the bottom thank of you. our hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and supporting us. We were overwhelmed by yes. your response and your positivity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So... I am Carla Renata, the Curvy Film Critic. You can find me across all social media platforms and my co-host, Scott Menzel. Hello, everyone. Thank you once again for tuning into our first episode, and we hope that you enjoy this next one. Cool. So um, that song that we started with, that oh is um, This Is Me, the anthem song from The Greatest Showman, which is getting all kinds of play. And I'm feeling like, you know... It's probably going to do really well. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about that a a little bit later. Um, I did want to also say, I also want to say that I love the comments that you guys gave us. I love all the things that you had to say. And um, yeah, so that's that. So let's get right into it about the Oscars. So the Oscars are today. Yay! Oscar time! The Oscars are today. It's actually happening right now. So we're not going to be on for very long because we want to go watch the Oscars too. Um, But I do want to talk about Get Out and the original screenplay. So we're going to just show a little bit of Get Out before we get started with that conversation. Call me Dean and hug me, my man. So how long has this been going on, this this thing? (laughs) (laughs) We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. smoke in front of my daughter i'm gonna quit she'd take care of that for you how hypnosis i'm good actually are you ready for this i'm back in the beat so look i go doing my research apparently a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb but it's cool bro how you're not scared of this man couldn't see no brother around here chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! (laughs) Bros, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Bros, the keys. All right. So, Get Out is nominated for original screenplay by Jordan Peele. I just wanted to, for those... I don't know who hasn't seen Get Out. I you know, don't I'm know just either. saying. But for those who may not have seen it, I just wanted to give you a little sneak peek before we started talking about it. He's nominated for Best Original Screenplay. And I'm thinking he might kind of sort of win because he's up for three. He's up for Best Original Screenplay. The film is up and he's up for Best Director. Right. So I'm thinking he's going to walk away with something. They have to give it to him. 
I mean, yes, we've had a lot of great original screenplays this year, but that is the one that people have been talking about since Sundance of 2017. And it's timely. I mean, it's addressing so many issues that are prevalent in society today, especially um, the 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 elephant in the room kind of discussion about. the things that are associated, the stereotypes and the the um, assumptions made when it comes to people of color. So I, I I'm, I'm not gonna lie. The first, I told you this. Yes. The first, the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next time, and then I watched it two more times because, and and I don't always do this, but I do it with a film that I know I like, but I don't get it. So I'll watch it again or a couple of more times just to see what I missed. And I'm so glad that I did because I totally got it. And we honored him. The L.A. Online Film Critics Society honored Jordan Peele at our awards um, banquet dinner thing <laughs> um, earlier this year. So right. it was wonderful. And I was sitting at his table. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think this movie is very relevant. It's it's also incredibly impressive from a filmmaking standpoint. Uh, I just feel he has really knocked it out of the park. You know, he's been getting offers left and right for next movies. Um, but this is the movie that's really going to make people remember him. I mean, he was considered a comedy central stand-up guy. And now he's this in-demand director. He's this in-demand storyteller. He breaks down barriers. This movie's bold. It's beautiful. It's just intense. It's well Watching like well worth watching over and over and over again. I don't think you like this, Scott. You could not find enough adjectives to describe that movie. <laughs> I saw it. I think I saw it four times now. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was like, "Is he going to run out of adjectives?" I don't know. Okay, so moving no. on to best animated feature. I think best animated. I'm not even going to talk okay. about the nominees because, in my opinion, I know a lot of people love Loving Vincent. Yes, but in my opinion. Coco is the best animated feature. I walked out of Coco. I was in the ugly cry. I went. I was. I was in the ugly cry. It made me feel some kind of way. And I think that it made me feel some kind of way because I had um, I had uh, a significant amount of loss in my family. Yes. So when I watched the film and saw that it was about loss of family and trying to keep those families member those family members memories alive, it hit me in my heart and it had a special place for me. And the way the story was told and the way the animation was done and I just I I can't like I can't find enough good things to say about Coco. You know, it's funny because um Coco would have definitely won the best original song if it wasn't for Greatest Showman. Yeah. Like it, absolutely. Like, Cuz like when I saw the movie I'm like, "Oh, well this is definitely going to win." Absolutely. But then when I saw Greatest Showman I'm like, "Never mind. Yeah. This is going to win." Remember me being um, sung by Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. I really I really did love Coco. Um, this was, you know, it's funny cause everyone's like criticizing, um, the animation car- c- category this year because mm-hmm. they're saying, oh, it's kind of weak. But the truth is, is that loving Vincent, I saw, I didn't love the actual story, but if you watch that movie, the amount of achievement they, you know, they've, they've done to capture that and bring that story to life. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, the other one that stands out for me is The Breadwinner, which mm-hmm. I, I feel like is not getting enough uh, buzz. It's, it's getting no buzz. <laughs> it's it's on Netflix right now, so check it out. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. So it, I feel like the other two movies are throwaway. I don't even remember what they are. Um, but um, I think it's like, isn't The Boss Baby in this? Like, or is that Yeah, The, the Boss Gold- Baby is in this, yeah. No. Let's, no. 
I mean, that's fine for like if it was a Saturday morning cartoon, but not as a movie. Can't even go there. No, yeah. no, 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 please. No, no. Um, but yeah, Coco is just um, the music makes it the heritage. I mean, the 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 Mexican culture, how well defined it is mm-hmm. for people who have no idea what this is. So it it starts conversations for family members. It's it's a well made film, and you know, every time Disney does this, <laughs> where they they decide to bring like a culture to life mm-hmm. in an animated film it's been just a win-win i mean you know disney, moana disney this is this is yeah. the thing about this is the thing that i feel about disney disney knows how to pull on them heartstrings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and get you where it they their films and the way they're cultivated and the way that they're shot and the way that the scripts are developed they hit you in a way that no matter what background you come from, it just makes you feel something. Right. And in any motion picture, whether it's animated or not, I walk away wanting to have and have some having had some type of experience. And I always feel that way after I've seen a Disney motion picture. So Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's very rare nowadays that you don't feel that. <laughs> it really is. Um Disney just has it's almost in a lot of ways that I don't want to say it's like a formula. But it, it's sort of like the same way that they're effective with Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Like they just know what works and what doesn't work yep. and know like, OK, we can go dark, but we can't go this dark. Right. We need to add humor. Um, we need to add heart. Right. They just they just nail it. I they mean, that's, it. that's why they're like the most powerful studio right now, not to mention the properties they own. They get but, it. My God. They, they get totally it. get it. Yes. Um, I, the next category I want to hit is uh, best visual effects. So the nominees are Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Kong Skull Island, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Part 2, and um, War for the Planet of the Apes and Blade Runner 2049. I think War for the Planet of the Apes is going to get it because the amount of visual effect pre-planning they had to do for that particular movie, because it's uh, combining live, not live animation, but... um, the uh, oh motion, gosh, capture motion capture is yeah. combining motion capture and then having to edit that into the actual uh, the actual characters on screen. That's very time consuming. Yes, it's extremely time consuming, and it takes a it takes a lot of finessing to get that just right so that you feel like you're watching the real deal. And Andy Serkis has become. A, the, he's like the, the mastermind of that <laughs> I know, genre. I know because he did it with Lord of the Rings, so he's just. He's the man when it comes to that. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to agree with you on that because I, 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 first of all, I think that movie was a standout movie of the summer. And I feel for some reason no one's really talking about it anymore. But that trilogy in general, the new Planet of the Apes, is just phenomenal. It really is. And the techni- technological advances mm-hmm. that they've made just unbelievable i literally felt like i was watching real apes when i was watching that movie. i know it's kind of it's kind of frightening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of that's what i'm saying yeah. it's so realistic that you go this can't possibly no. you know be some visual effects this has to be like somebody in a really fierce monkey suit working it out but no no and it's um just a really beautiful looking film i mean and everything about it. I mean, just some of the the effects of war and stuff like that, and this is going into more of the story, but like the visual aspect of this and just how well they blur the lines between 
you know, that computer animated version that what, what Weta has achieved mm-hmm. is incredible because they mix the humans right with them. Like they, the little girls carrying it's on great. the back. It's like, wow. I, oh no, that was a really, that was a really good one. I was I like, know. ooh, nice. Yeah. We honored them as well at the LAOFCS. Yeah, they, and they deserved it. I mean, that, that company is doing such wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, they did the Jungle Book too, mm-hmm. which was also one of the movies. And, between these two movies, I don't know how they can make any technological advancements any further. You know, I don't know how they, they can, can move always, that further. They can always push the envelope I, further, I, I but don't I'm know really, how. but I'm really excited yeah. to, to see to see how they're how they're going to do yeah. that. So because it's Oscar night, so we we didn't go through all of the nominees. We hit some last week, yes, so you can right. go and watch that where we sure. talked about Black Panther and some other things. And I wanted to hit some of the most popular ones um, this week, Scott, and I wanted to do that. But instead of going through the whole list, you all can watch the show, which is on right now. That's right. Um, <laughs> and we'll watch it, and then we'll talk about that when we come back. But um, what I did want to talk about is it's it's been notoriously known that many people that win the Oscar, they're uh, careers have been cursed, cursed in <laughs> cursed in the respect that uh. they either get no work or they get very little work. And the biggest, not the biggest example, but the person that comes to mind the most right now, who is in the news all the time, every day in the last couple of months, is Monique. So this is the thing: Monique won the Oscar for Precious. Precious. She won a uh, best support. Was the best supporting supporting yeah. best supporting actress for for Precious, and. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, it's just been downhill. Now, I heard, funny funny enough, I heard her on the radio um, earlier in the week talking on KJLH, which is Stevie Wonder's radio station here in Los Angeles. And they were, Donna Michi and Tammy Mack were interviewing her. And she said that someone had said to her that was close to her that her husband was the problem. And she's like, no, my husband's not the problem. This is what the problem is. If I feel like I am... If, if I feel like an injustice is being done toward me, I can do one of two things. I can shut up and not say anything and sit back and let it happen. Or I can say something and take the consequences. Well, she said something and has been taking the consequences for eight years. To uh-huh. her credit, she spoke up when she felt like, you know, she did, she felt like she should have been paid to do the press for Precious. I mean, they've talked about this numerous yes, times yes, yes. Um, that said that, that she felt like she should have been paid. And I don't think she fully understood that it's it's an it's a um, understood fact that when you do a film when you when you shoot a motion picture it's understood that when the film is wrapped and edited that you're going to promote the film sure. and I, and I'm pretty sure it's in a contract somewhere well, and if it's not I would be really surprised. well the other thing to mention about that movie is that that movie kind of came out of nowhere if you remember mm-hmm. like it wasn't like a huge studio backing movie yeah, it was that, a small independent it film. was a small independent film and with, with Lee that Daniels. it took you know it took off mm-hmm. and with that I think sometimes actors are not ready for that I don't think she I don't think it's that she wasn't ready for it I think that there was that because let's face it, in Hollywood, when it comes to Oscars and awards and all that, there's a game you got to play. There's a game you got to play. There's a trajectory that you have to go down to make sure that your film is seen, to make sure that people, um, that awareness is raised about you in that motion picture. And it's called the publicity machine. I used to right. be a publicist. So I, I know better than anybody what that's like because I used to do it. But this is the thing. Having For me, having known that, I know there's a certain way you can spin publicity too. Now, in her case, 
I don't think it helped her to to be as outspoken as she was. I'm glad she was outspoken because it may not come to fruition for Monique anytime soon, but it will come to fruition for somebody else. So her speaking out will make it better for somebody coming behind her. Yes. For that, I do applaud her. I don't necessarily applaud the way she went about doing it because there's a, there's a good way and a bad way to do everything. She's even said that herself. But I do applaud the fact that she spoke up because a lot of people will sit with their girlfriends and complain and they won't say anything. I'm one of them. Hand up. I'm like, you know, I will sit and complain with my girlfriends and do nothing about it. But, you know, good for her for speaking up. Another person who the Oscar has seemed to ruin their life, so to speak, is Marsha Gay Harden. And she's been very vocal about it. Yes. She won the Oscar for Pollock. And she's been very, very vocal about the fact that everything leading up to the Oscar was sunshine, rainbows and lollipops. And then after that, nothing. And you will see her occasionally pop up on a television series. But for the most part, not so much. Um, And your favorite person, Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Jennifer Lawrence won that Oscar. And it's been one crazy movie after another. And this is the thing. I love her. I love that she's blunt. I love that she's outspoken. I love that her acting prowess is well beyond her years. I love that about her. But I'm going to need baby girl to sit down with somebody and help her make some better choices in the films that she picks because I think a lot of times the motion pictures that she chooses are not necessarily um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not necessarily films that enhance the talent that she possesses. Some of them have been, but a lot of them not so much. I I know Michael Fassbender hasn't won an Oscar yet, but I had to look this up. Mm -hmm. But he's been nominated twice for 12 Years a Slave and Steve Jobs. He also needs a new agent. (laughs) We're talking about people that don't want the Oscar, Scott. Why are you going all off the subject? Because he was nominated (laughs) twice, and he delivered two really incredible performances. And since then, since Steve Jobs... He's done Assassin's Creed, <laughs> and he's done The Snowman, and there's been a lot of other movies. So it's it's in the same page. Like certain people, where like once they get nominated a couple of times, like I feel like they fall off the the wagon almost. Yeah, but we but the ones that win are even yeah, worse. I, I don't know. I agree, and I agree with Jennifer Lawrence. Like yeah. I, I I don't know. We talked about Mother. I think that was a really edgy and different. It thing. It was a for, very artsy kind of film. Right. It was yeah. very different, but my God, Red Sparrow. I mean, that movie. <laughs> we'll talk about that yeah, yeah, yeah. in the next show. In the next show. Um, yeah. But the, I think the person who, who the Oscar curse has, has genuinely um, affected the most is Roberto Benigni. Um, when he won oh, for yeah. life is beautiful. I just oh, want, yeah. I just want y'all to see this clip of when he won <laughs> because it's hilarious. I've never seen someone so excited. The Oscars, uh, since I was a kid, it, it, it was always the unpredictability of it. Uh, you never really, as much as you thought you know who was going to win, you really never knew. And it was fun to see the reactions of people who didn't know they were ever going to, to win. Roberto Benigni, I guess, was just oozing with uh, appreciation and emotion. If you can just can that and sell it, it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to watch him. It really was. I thought, did he just climb on some seats after he won the Oscar? <laughs> and then he got up there and his English was so broken. But it was adorable. But you ain't heard hide nor hair 
of Roberto Benigni since then. It's like, where has he been? No. He's been hiding. No. I, I don't, I don't, I, well, I don't did, even know did, where did he, he is. Did he do that? No, I can't remember if it was the Nutcracker after that. Remember he did, did that movie. I don't even. I, look, After Life is, and that was a beautiful motion picture. You guys, if you have not seen Life is Beautiful, you have to go and rent it or find it somewhere online. It was really, it was a beautiful, beautiful movie. You know movie. who another person we can talk about? <laughs> Just because we have to. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. What about Nicolas Cage? Nicolas oh, he C- won too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, he's another one. Yeah. Oscar curse. Ni- oh yeah. my god! Like yeah. he he goes from um, from the Oscar. I think it was City of Angels. Yep. And then he did adaptation, and then I don't know what the hell happened. You know, I think just from following him because he's one of my favorites. Just from following him, I think life kind of got in the way for him. Is what that's my personal yeah. opinion. You know, uh, y'all in the chat room, <laughs> if you know something else about Nicolas Cage, please, yeah, please let us know. But I think life got in the way for him because for me, his favorite movie of all time that I've ever seen him in was Moonstruck. I oh love my him gosh, in Moonstruck. Yes, 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 love him, yeah. love him, love him. Yeah. But you know what? I'm sure he's having some fun somewhere. <laughs> that leads me into this. So um, do y'all want to have fun? You want to learn and grow in all those areas of your life? I know that you do. So for those of you who do, we have a podcast for you at Black Hollywood Live After Buzz TV. Conversations with Maria Menounos podcast edition is hosted by our After Buzz TV founder, Maria Menounos, and drops every Friday on iTunes. So just go to iTunes, subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos, and it's free. And you know what I say, if it's free, it's me. Um, (laughs) Be sure to rate and comment. And when you do, let Maria know that it was us who got you there. So just tell Maria that Carla and Scott from Black Tomatoes told you to check her out. Again, Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Check it out. So that brings us to the end of this one. Like I said, y'all, we got to go watch the Oscars. So I'm talking fast and moving fast so we can go, (laughs) you know, see who going to win and who didn't win. And we can talk about all of that. Um, But in the meantime... You can catch me at uh, the General Hospital, the GH Report, after this. Um, it comes on at 6 o'clock, so pop on over to AfterBuzz and watch me do that. My film site is thecurvyfilmcritic.com, and as always and as usual, you can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And Scott? There you go. Um, Scott Menzel, visit my website, We Live Entertainment, and also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for supporting Black Hollywood Live. Yes, and as going out, we're going to play Benjamin Bratt as Ernesto de la Cruz singing Remember Me. Bye! From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.